0: I think that everybody's forgot. Mm. Super important. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another installment in the Indeed and in Truth Ministries podcast series. I'm Logan. I'm Amber. And we are here to have conversations about faith-related topics, and we are going to do part two of Spiritual Warfare today based in Ephesians 6.12. Um, Amber, go ahead and let them know what they can, how they can reach out to us and where they can get a hold of us and all that good jazz.
1: You can get a hold of us on Facebook or Instagram. You can actually message us on either one of those. You can go in and comment on our stuff. You can get a hold of us any way you need to on there. You can also get a reach out to us on our uh, webpage, page, um, indeed and in truth We also have some really cool um, devotions and stuff that are going on in there. And I don't know. That, I mean, that's about just a, there's also a support or like a, a, um, a contact us tab. There's also a support tab. If you want to sew into us. Um, yeah. Uh, us. You guys can
0: get a hold of us at the get on the giving tab. Um, if you guys are interested and you guys want to sew into the ministry or anything like that, uh, that helps support software that helps support any kinds of events and things like that that we plan on doing this year. We didn't really tackle events too much because that does cost money and we did not have anything. Uh, we're kind of keeping the website running with what we do have. Um, But, yeah, you guys can get a hold of us there. Uh, And we do encourage people, um, if you want to sell, please do. Um, And I think that's just about it. I don't think we've got anything else to add to that. Do you have anything else you want to add to that? No. We're getting ready to take over another nursing home. And if they're listening to our podcast and they're keeping up to date, we're still trying to figure out how we're going to do it. There's some options. We just don't want to be lazy-ish about what we do. You know what I mean? I don't want to come in there half-filled. I want to come in there ready to go and make sure that they got something um and so we're still working on that which which will be good we're, we're working on it we're trying to figure it out um and we've even talked about the option if we have to splitting up and getting into it that way and doing um you know doing whatever we got to do uh but also just being wise and not running ourselves too thin um so i i can't think of anything off the top of my head um outside of any of that now that i think about it so uh, spiritual warfare, Amber, uh, before we dive back into uh, what scripture we left off on, what we were talking about, do you have anything that you want to put on this?
1: Um, well, I was actually reading um, in 2 Corinthians, I'll just read the scripture, um, in Second Corinthians 10, 3 through 4, it says, For though we walk in the flesh as mortal men, we are not carrying on our spiritual warfare according to the flesh and using the weapons of man. The weapons of war, our warfare, are not physical weapons, but of uh, uh, not physical weapons of flesh and blood. Our our warfare is a divinely powerful in a destruction of fortresses. So I wanted to share that because uh, amplified, like I said, I love the wording sometimes because they said it's a divinely powerful for a destruction of fortresses, and that I think that really goes into what you're about to share tonight. So.
0: Tonight for us, today for you
1: guys. But, <laughs> right.
0: But no, we, uh, so no, and no, you're right. And so what we left off on last week, we talked about principalities and against powers. So we did have a discussion about, um, you know, local demons. We had a discussion about regional demons. We had a discussion about local prophets, regional prophets. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's really hard to put the apostle in that. Um, as I was really thinking about that over this last week, um, I think it's really hard to put the apostle in that because the apostle is somebody who plants churches and they're not constricted to a region or a place. You know what I mean? Right. They, they build and they just build and build and build. So you got something you want to add before I start talking?
1: Nope, you're good. Keep going. Okay,
0: so uh, you know, I was just think about principalities and powers, but we also have a couple of other things that's in this scripture. So we're just gonna read this real quick is Ephesians six twelve. It says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, and against spiritual wickedness in high places. So we talked last week about how this has been broken down, and I heard a minister talking about this, and I had never seen it like this before and never thought about this before, but this is breaking down tears of demons. This is breaking down tears of, of- how the how the kingdom of darkness works here on the earth, because we understand principalities and powers. You know, we could take principalities actually real quick. Uh, and as, as I'm looking for it, we could look at something who would be some like a magistrate. Um, <clears throat> we could even go as far as saying maybe even like a mayor. We could say you know chief of police. We could say you know think. And the reason I say chief of chief of police is because I like, think about some police departments in the United States that are really that are really corrupt and are really dealing with things like that and do really have bad apples among them. Uh, and sometimes it could be because of an influence uh, that comes from somewhere of of somebody of influence, right? A demon can't influence something or anybody else if it has no place to influence. You see what I'm saying? So typically, we're going to find this kind of stuff whenever we're dealing with people. Jesus said, if they deny you, know first that they denied me. It's not you that they're opposing and t- trying to get rid of. They're trying to get rid of me. And those demons are aware, and they see that Jesus is on you. They see Jesus is in you. Even the even the even the demons came up or the legion. The man with the legion in him came up and said, "Jesus, thou son of God." He said, "You know, don't have you come to torment us before the time?" They right. knew who Jesus was. Even the sons of you know the seven sons of Sceva, uh, they came back and they said. Uh, you know, uh, they came in and said, hey, we, we you know, we adjourn you by this Jesus that Paul preaches. And the demon looked at him and said, well, I you know, Paul, I know, and Jesus, I know, but who are you? You, you see what I'm saying? So, right. like, demons are fully aware of who we are. There's even a lady who had uh, was possessed with what the Bible said was a spirit of divination, right? Uh, it was a demonic entity that was influencing her and was giving her foresight and was using her and, you know, perverting her gifts. If she had gifts, I don't really know, because the said, finally, Paul got fed up with it, and he said, hey, come out of her, mm-hmm. you know? and, and that thing came out and when it came out, she was set free from that. So we understand that there are, we talked about that last week. I'm just kind of doing a quick recap. If you're just catching our podcast for the first time, go back last week. We talked a lot about this. We're going to move on to something a little bit heavier. Um, so let's talk about rulers of the darkness of this world. Uh, and, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So let's talk about what darkness looks like. Let's talk about that. So we know last week we talked about, you know, I actually made a specific reference to her. It was the mayor of Chicago.
1: Mm, Um,
0: I made a specific reference to her because that woman got a demon. I don't care what anybody says. She's got one. Um, you know, and, uh, I, I don't know. we are just going to have to pray her out or we're going to have to cast it out of her or something because that, she got something going on up in there. But anyways, um, so, you know, we talk about rulers. So let's take it a step further. Let's talk about governors. Let's talk about judges. Let's talk about Supreme Court judges. Let's talk about district judges. Let's talk about lawyers. Let's talk about uh, prosecutors. Let's talk. You see what I'm saying? How many times have you ever heard a story, a legitimate story, not something that people just come up with, but a legitimate story about how somebody was getting a slap on the wrist for something? You know what I'm saying, and, yeah. and think about it from a place that uh, of you know uh, this is something. Especially that you when you
1: know that they're guilty,
0: right? What well, I'm saying that you know, <laughs> you know something's wrong, and not all the time those those situations aren't always dealt with. Well, what do you think that probably is? Right. I'm going to put my money on it and say that it's probably because some kind of a demonic influence is over the area, right? But right. see, like I said, demons can't change an atmosphere from a place that they can't create influence, so. What happens? Well, what's what's one of the what's something that we know? Well, we do know that the Bible tells us here. Let me look real fast. Uh, if you got something to say, go ahead and say it because I want to. I want to look for something real quick.
1: Well, I was. I mean, I was just going to talk about. Um in Matthew seven fifteen, it says, Beware of the false prophets who come to you dressed as sheep, appearing gentle and innocent, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. By their fruit you will recognize them. That is, by their contrived doctrine and their self-focus, do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from a thistle? So I I thought that was super interesting because of the fact that, you know, we do have to be aware of our surroundings. And like you were talking about, you know, this mayor, she or, or this or these judges that are, you know, not taking action where we know that there's probably something funky going on under the table, whether it be, you know, being paid out, demonic influence, whatever it is. Either way, it's demonic because if you're getting paid out to just you know look the well, other way, is, that's still is demonic. What, okay, so but,
0: this is what goes to this. It says for, in First John two sixteen it says for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of this world. So those three areas are something that a, de- a demon is going to influence, right? Right. Let's go. Let's let's look. Let's, let's go all the way back here to Genesis real quick, and I'm going to prove it to you. So we're going to go all the way back to Genesis, and we're going to look at Genesis three, and um. This is this is the incident where Adam and Eve are in the garden, and Eve, uh, and Eve is is having this conversation with the serpent, and the serpent says, "I'll know that you're not going to die, for God knows of the day that you eat thereof." In verse five, that your eyes are going to be open, blah blah blah. So let's look at Genesis three six. It says, "And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree that was desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and then ate, and gave also unto her husband; he did ate. And he did eat. So we know that the flesh, less of the flesh, less of the eyes, and the pride of life. This is the same devices that Satan's had all this time. It's the same devices that he uses to put demonic entities into power at lower levels. You know what I'm saying? Right. You know, when you're contending with a regional spirit or you're contending with a regional demon or you're contending with regional um, spiritual influences and stuff like that, or even, even multi-regional spiritual influences, understand that those people, those demons, those entities were put there. Those spiritual things were put there strategically by Satan, and the only reason they got in there was because those three categories were met. Right. You know, and and why? Because, you know, like what we just talked about, you can pay a judge. And I'm not saying that you can pay everyone off. You can pay a lot of them off there's a lot of shady stuff that happens and oh, we, yeah. everybody who's looking at anything going on in this nation right now can attest to the fact that there is a lot of shady stuff or that if you down.
1: are a person of influence you know sometimes there's that you know oh i'll look the other way because of who you are like you're my friend i'm gonna i'm just gonna and turn trust me chief. you're not
0: gonna convince me otherwise because i work for the moment i work for a municipality and i see some of the stuff that gets passed under the radar because people we know people we work with people like oh yeah well you know it's just kind of what people do kind of thing you know you know what I'm saying, it's just government. Yeah, it's 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 it is it is. It, and why? Because there is some level of influence coming from somewhere. But like I said again, a demon can't have influence. It can't it can't produce uh, results or change an atmosphere or change an area if it doesn't have a place of influence. Right. And so when you start to threaten it's, if it's space, it's influence, you start to threaten that as a Christian and you start to grab a hold of your identity in Christ and you're starting to deal with this thing and you're confronting it and you're handling it face on. It gets, it gets a little upset. Right. And so what happens is it starts to lash out at you and you have to start, you have to respond accordingly. You know, you have to be prepared for that. Jesus said, you know, the only time the disciples ever met a demon they couldn't cast out was because Jesus said, this kind of doesn't come out but by prayer prayer and fasting. fasting. You know, so that's the only time that we ever found that. But the, that's, that was the ministry that Jesus paid a price for. You know, he said that you're going to tread on surface. They'll cast out devils in my name. You know, this is, this is something he was very clear about. If there's anything that should signify that our name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life or that Jesus is Lord and Savior, we should have these kinds of things happening on a regular basis. So that's darkness of this world. Obviously, we know we may not understand everything at a federal level, but let a state make a decision about something. You know, and just for the sake of conversation, I'll throw it out there, abortion. That's one of the biggest, that's the biggest things. Now, whether you like it or not, whether you want to hear it or not, I have to tell you, if you're a Christian and you support abortion, you're not a Christian. That is just the reality. You had better get conviction in your heart from the Holy Ghost, and you had better learn to hate and despise what God hates and despises. It's innocent blood. There are so many other options, and not even just that. You could have just taught them how to not do it in the first place. We won't get into that. Maybe I'll do a whole segment on that one day. But people don't like how I approach that. But it's it's a real it's a real conversation. You know, I remember when I was growing up, when Amber was growing up. You know, that was never something that was very very normal. You know what no. I mean? Like, you didn't I mean, they, they were pushing
1: for it because I mean, they tried to get me to because. Teen pregnancy wasn't real big back then either because, you know, when I got pregnant, I was 15 years old and... People made fun of me, man. They they would call me all kinds of names. They they put me down. Like friends stopped being friends with me just because I was pregnant and considered the town whore. Like it was bad. And and you know, in my and my OB at the time. And thankfully, she's saved now, and she doesn't she doesn't push that as much on people. But back then, she was pushing for abortion, and sh- you know, she was telling me that I should keep it as an option because of how young I was and how my body wasn't fully developed so how can I produce a, another body within my body with my body not being fully developed because I was considered still a child. So it was just, you know, you're right. You know, back then it wasn't as, but they were still, I think that was like the beginning of the push for it. Well,
0: and that's because what i Because then that's so when everything started to get... You, you start to see this kind of influence coming out, but it, it couldn't happen you know, you may not see that in a regional area like Kenton, right? You may not see, you might hear stories about it, but you may not see it as effective. But the second, the state makes a decision. Now everybody falls under that. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So those kinds of decisions could never have been made uh, had they not had some kind of a demonic influence that got into a place of influence. Does that make sense? You know, now our governor has taken steps as far as Ohio is concerned. He's got a six-week look like cutoff thing or whatever. And while he did clamp down on it very, very hard. Um, and he's always been to my understanding, uh, I believe he's always kind of been a pro-life person. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Um, but I've never heard of any stories about him writing legislation or trying to pass legislation that's been on the opposition of that. Um, but for whatever reason, you know, he never did fully uh, fully separate from it. Now, I will I will say this because, again, like I said, people don't like my approach to this. Um, with that having been said, first off, if you're still listening and you didn't get offended, good, because this will make you feel a little bit better. There is not a doctor in the United States that if you were in a serious medical situation that would require that kind of a step to be taken. There is not, I couldn't find, I couldn't guarantee you. I could not be able to find one doctor that would not help you or make sure that that was available to you if it was needed. Because what I'm hearing is an argument. Oh, well, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's, I just, it's medical, right? It's this, it's this, you know, we're not going to get into it all, but I don't know one doctor that would, you see what I'm saying? I just, I just don't. Um, Now, you know, we could stretch your faith and we could really believe for God to do something miraculous because I've, I've already, I've already seen a little girl who's been through that very same thing. And that was always something they were trying to keep on the table for her parents. And, you know, her dad, I got to hear the story. I won't give his name, but her dad, like the people would come in, the doctors would come in and he'd say, are you saved? Do you believe in God? And they'd be like, yes or no. And if they didn't, he threw them out. He's like, I, he said, nothing against you. He said, but I want people in here that are filled with faith and that are ready to do what it takes to make sure she lives. And he'd throw them out and he'd get the next. Want to come in there, and that's just what they did. Wow. And she's like 11 years old now, you know. So, you know, I mean, we could we could really get into a conversation, but we're not going to. We're, I'm just saying for the sake of for the sake of this conversation, those kinds of things could never have taken place unless a demon had gotten into a place of influence. Because even probably 30 years ago, you'd never heard of something like that happening, right? So let's go jump to the next one. Let's look at spiritual wickedness in high places. What is wickedness? Wickedness. Wickedness is a step, you know, you've got sin, you've got wickedness, and then you've got iniquity. Iniquity is something that is rooted deep inside of you. Right? Jesus said, you depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. He never said, depart from me, sinners. He never said, depart from me, you wicked. What's that tell us? That even people who are in sin and even people in wickedness can still be set free. But somebody who works iniquity is ten times, you know, they they are deep. They are rooted in something. You see what I'm saying? Right. Baal worship. Hence the reason why you know, actually, if you don't know anything about Baal worship, Baal worship, one of the big things about Baal worship was sacrificing your children. It was yeah. killing them on the altar and burning them.
1: Yeah, that there's was, a big thing going around on TikTok about Baal yes, because they're, of Belenziaga or whatever. Yes, and
0: that was a part of what they believed The whole abortion clinics and everything like that was. So what I'm trying to, we're just we're connecting dots here, right? You see what I'm saying? That's all I'm trying to do. I'm just trying to connect dots. But workers of iniquity, these are people who have have seared their conscience and said, I will not honor God. I will defy him at every opportunity. And some people would immediately would go after a Satanist and say, well, that's a Satanist. No, because unfortunately, whether you want to accept it or not, not all Satanists believe in taking life. Not all of them believe in killing babies. I know, that was a hard topic, but it's true. It's true. You know, I asked Amber one time. I said, "Have you ever read the Seven Tenets of the Satanic Church?" And she's like, "Nope." So I read them to her, and she's like, "Huh, that's interesting. You would you would be quite surprised." Uh, I've I've met a few Satanists in my life, and I have to, now yeah. I don't agree with you no. know I don't agree with their worship or nothing like that. But you know, really, outside of I think we met literally on common ground, probably on everything. Maybe back then I wasn't saved, so I really didn't, you know what I mean? Maybe I wasn't quite as where I'm at now, but, you know, I mean, we met on some pretty common ground on political issues and all kinds of different stuff. It was never a discussion about any of those things. Most of them were kind of upset about some of those things, but I'm not making excuses for them. I'm just saying, those kinds of people can still be set free. Jesus can still heal them. Jesus can still save them. Jesus can still work for them. You see what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. And so he said those who are spiritual wickedness in high places darkness of this world spiritual wickedness spiritual wickedness would be something like what we just described as baal worship but like i said if you if you look at that in the greek i think it's actually uh, Ponerea or pa, pon ria something like that ponereia like, i don't know but one of those um one of the uh, um um uh, i want to say synonyms maybe for this uh, based on my little hebrew uh, Strong concordance thing here is is it says iniquity, and so iniquity, like I said, it is rooted deep. This is something that you know, I you know, how do we know that the disciples couldn't get that demon out because that demon was rooted in that person? Well, when you
1: look up the definition of iniquity, the only thing it gives you is immoral and grossly unfair in their disgusting behavior. So, I mean, it they can't they can't even really put it into words. It's just they're just nasty in, at heart. Well, and that's exactly, so that's just something that you, you can't fix that.
0: You see what I'm saying? Now, you could pray for them, but let's be real. You would,
1: you would probably almost, I don't want to say waste your time, but I don't have a better word for it. Well, there's actually a scripture on that, and I was just reading it. It's in Ezekiel 3, 18. It says, when I say to the wicked, you will certainly die, and you do not warn him or speak out to tell him to turn away from his wickedness. Way out. To turn from his wickedness, way to save his life, the same evil man will die in his sin, but you will be responsible for his blood. However, if you have warned this the wicked and he does turn does not turn from his wickedness or from his wicked ways, but he dies in sin, you have freed yourself from that responsibility because you had told him. So... Spiritual wickedness. So we could even take this a step further,
0: and we could we could we could attach it to a president. We could attach it to the president's cabinet. We could attach it to um, big tech companies. Uh, people who see it sit at the top of those boards. You know, um, we could attach that to. Uh, I mean, well, there's so many more things we could attach that to. Why? Because those people influence your everyday life. Like I just said earlier. A demon is not going to waste time in an area where it has no influence. And like I've said before on the podcast, and I've said before me and Amherst had conversations, I tell people who work in our staff and who volunteer with us and stuff like that, you waste your time trying to pray the end of days away. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I'm saying? God's will is going to be done whether you want it to or not. God has made a declaration, and he said it will be finished. So it will be done. There's you are wasting your time. What you should be focused on, you know. I was I remember um, there was I was seeing a bunch of stuff about it and everything like that, and all these all these people were saying, "Oh, I got a word from God. I got a word from God. He's coming soon. He's coming soon. He's coming soon." And while some of those people genuinely had a word, some of those people were just repeating what they heard other people say. Some right. of those people were not functioning under you know the anointing. They were just repeating what they've heard and just grabbing some random stuff out of there. And so I went on TikTok and I put a word up and I said, you know, I said, I hear you and I understand what you're saying. You, you, Jesus is coming and, and there nothing going to change that. But one thing you need to remind yourself of every day is you're still here and you still have people that you can win. There are still people that you need to love on. There are still people, you know, I've been doing a lot of studying on parables. That's, that's, that's something I've been looking at. And Jesus constantly, 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 constantly said, watch, watch, be ready. Watch, be ready. What do you think the parable of the ten talents was? Or the talents, I'm sorry, not just ten, but what do you think the parable of the talents was? He was trying to warn them. You guys need to get ready. You need to be about the Father's business. You need to be working. You need to be doing. You need to be doing something. You need to be involved somewhere. You need to be actively pursuing the kingdom. You need to be focused on a goal.
1: I heard Ryan Lestrange actually say this in one of his um, new um, series he's doing. It's the Seven Streams. I was you about that, and he said that people need to be doing something. And he he made a comment, and I love this. He said, if you don't know what your calling is, find a place in the church and serve. Find a place. doesn't matter what it is. You could be sc- scrubbing toilets, making food for the homeless, whatever. You know, going and covering people with blankets or you know going in and you know just shaking everybody's hand whatever it is you know you're serving you're serving in the church and it doesn't matter where it's at eventually you know you're gonna get it like hey I'm called to do this you know maybe you're not a door greeter. Maybe you're not a children's church staff. Maybe you're not, you know, but God's going to show you what you're supposed to be doing. And I, and I love that he touched on that because so many people come into the church and they're like, I don't know what my calling is. So I'm just going to sit here like a bump on the rug. Like you can't do that. Bible says you need to work. The workman's worthy. Right. And so, and that's another
0: thing too, is because you're not going to tear down, you know, and especially if you just come in and sit in the church or whatever, it says for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. But against principalities, against powers, and rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places, how is it that you think that these things are combated? Actually, let's go ahead. Let's read down further because we'll go back down to verse thirteen. This is Ephesians six. We're gonna. We just read verse twelve, and Paul was breaking down demonic entities, and I believe is what he was showing. Um, and I agree with the minister that, that put this out here because I really like that and I never saw that before, but it was, it was, it was a breakdown. So let's just, let's just go a little bit further. How do we take these things down? How do we fight these things? And in verse 13, he gives us, he gives us a very clear picture about this. It says, wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth and having a breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for the saints.
1: Could
0: we just take a minute to
1: appreciate the word Prayer always.
0: (laughs) Well, that's what I'm saying. Praying always. Yeah. So does that mean I need to always be saying a prayer? No, but you need to have an attitude of prayer. You need to be sensitive to the Holy Ghost. Look, you can pray in the Holy Ghost and do everything that you need to do. Right. And if you're telling me that I'm praying in the Holy Ghost, but I'm having problems reading my Bible or thinking or doing this, or you see what I'm saying? You ain't praying in the Holy Ghost. Well, look at... um, Because, and the reason I say that is because you're trying to use your mind to replicate something you've heard somebody else do. You see what I'm saying? I can sit and read my Bible and pray in the Holy Ghost at the same time. Uh it's it's weird, but I mean I can. Why? Because it requires no brain function. You know, it's something that comes out of my inner man. And if there's anything that I've learned here lately, it's been people are very, very adamant about making sure that we're praying on the Holy Ghost constantly and 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 preparing ourselves and
1: doing those kinds of things. Sorry, I wasn't trying to cut you off. I just No, I was just gonna say, look at um, I can't remember her name. I wanna say her name's Rachel Samson's mom the mother that was in the, the the at the altar crying and she was praying in her mind she wasn't praying out loud I love that story because she was praying in her heart she prayed in her heart and she wasn't speaking out loud but they thought she was drunk because she was moving her lips but she wasn't saying nothing and her prayers were answered that day when Eli came in and he had said he gave her a word and said you're gonna bear a son because her she couldn't have children so I love that because there was another preacher, I can't remember who it was I was watching this week, but he had made a comment about that. He said, you know, you don't always have to pray out loud. He said, you you should. He said, but there is times when you can't. So you can pray in your mind. You can pray in your heart. And that's what you're talking about with you reading your Bible. That's what you're doing. You're You're praying from a place that doesn't require your mind. And that's what you were literally just saying, but that's what she was doing. she was praying in a place that didn't require her mind it, p- it required her her spirit, her heart her to give everything you know what I mean
0: yeah, but that that wasn't what I was getting at i was I was just getting at like you know building ourselves up and, and well yeah, that's and what I having was having an about. attitude of prayer no I wasn't talking about praying out of my mind i was I was just trying to I was just trying to point out you know how do we how do we take these things on? You know, how do we approach these things? And like I said, Paul gave us some examples right after that. And the only thing I'm trying to point out is that you have to have an attitude of prayer. You have to be prepared and 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 ready to deal with those things in a spiritual sense. I get what you're saying, but that, that wasn't what I was talking about. Um, but no, I, I think that there's I think that there's a lot in there. And I think in those verses, you know, I don't know, We, I mean, we probably don't have the time, kind of time it would take to go through the armor of God and, and really have a conversation about that right now. But um, I definitely think that uh, we, we need to, you know, if you see things that are going on, you know, you can pray about those things, right? You can ask God, God, what about I? Now, unfortunately, and this is where I tell people they got to be, I feel like we need to be more strategic with our prayers because, you know, there are some things that we're trying to pray out and it's like, God said that this is how this is going to go. Like, you're not stopping this. You know, God, please stop all the wars in the world. No, nope. Jesus said in Matthew 24, you're going to hear war. You're going to see wars. You're going to hear rumors of wars. You're going to hear. And then what we should really be worried about is when they finally come back and say peace. Because Jesus said, when they say peace, 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 he said, then sudden destruction will come upon them like a woman who's travailing in labor. So you should be more afraid about when they stop and say peace, because then things are really going to go boom but it's not going to stop anything, you know? And that's, that's why I was talking about that. And the only thing I was talking about with the Holy Ghost, praying on the Holy Ghost is because like, I was just trying to point out that it doesn't require you to have to have a mindset, you know, you can still function and do, uh, and do things and stuff like that, you know? And I remember, uh, Chris D'Amico came and he was talking about that because I was struggling, like really hard struggling with my prayer life and stuff like that. Cause I'm sitting there thinking like, God, I've never even, I mean, I have prayed for long periods of time or whatever, but it's like, I didn't sit there and just pray and talk. Right. Sometimes I'd be talking and be like, you know, Paul said, I, you know, I'd I'll pray. I've prayed in a natural language. I've prayed in my, in the spirit I've sang in this way, or I sang naturally and I sang in the spirit. So it's like, God, I was like, I don't really know, you know, I've never really done that. But like he said something that just really kind of shook me. And he's like, uh, He's like here. He said, you know, just turn some more turn worship music on. He's like and pray in the Holy Ghost, you know. And so that's I was like, huh. Well, that blew my mind. You know what I mean? It opened right. a whole new world up to me. Um,
1: no, the I, I, the only reason I said that is because it says pray always, and there is moments where you can't be standing there praying out loud because people are gonna be like, hey, you know, keep it down. I'd do it anyways. Well, I, I'm I'm just saying, like, there is times like you just like naturally, like you just. I don't know anyways I was just saying because there is times where you know like the kids are playing or something and they're trying to talk to me and stuff and I'm like trying so hard to stay calm so I'll pray in my mind that's basically what I'm getting at like there's moments where during the day like I don't I can't even tell you how many times I pray uh, quietly like within myself not yeah I mean yes you need to speak it but that's all I was getting at. I wasn't getting at. I've I've had like thoughts and anything stuff like weird that. or funky.
0: It's just no. I've had like thoughts and stuff, and God's answered. I never prayed something out loud and stuff like that. But I'm all, I've always been a big advocate. You know, uh, binding and loosing requires a verbal confession of some kind. Um, so I don't know. I've never been a person you know, who's going to sit and quietly pray or anything like that. Like, I've just never been that person. But I know there are some people who do it, um, and they get it because they, you know, and they do it because of that story. Um, and I don't really have any room in it. But, you know, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, the goal is, is that we are preparing our hearts and we're getting ready because we're talking about taking on these types of things. You know, you want to see your region changed, and you better be ready for some opposition when you decide to step up to the plate and start combating with whatever controlling the region. Um, and and you all something else I think is really important, and and this is something I'm learning myself. Um, that would be good to note. I feel is is while you're dealing with these people in these different places, right? While you're dealing with with people who who are in principalities or in powerful positions or rulers or spiritual wickedness in high places, when you're dealing when God positions you to deal with those kinds of people, please, 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 please remember it is not them that is the problem they are being influenced by something. Something has got their attention, and it something has got a hold of them uh, and, is, and is driving them. And in most cases, you know, the Bible tells us that if we don't serve one, we serve the other. You know, so if we understand that if we're not in, in the kingdom of God, then we belong in the kingdom of darkness, then Satan can take us for a spin anytime time that he wants to. So we got to remember that we are not fighting against people. You know, and it's going to it's going to really hurt because some people are going to really, you know, really buffet you and really push against you and press against you and press against you and press against you. Um, And they're really going to try to fight you. But you got to remember, it's not them. It's not them. It's the enemy trying to use them to stir you up and get you upset, because if you react in a way that's that's contrary to the word. He can do some more damage to that individual and say, see, they're not real Christians. See, they don't really believe God. They don't, they don't replicate what Jesus did. You know what I mean? Like, right. you just really, you really have to be prepared to deal with them and, and whatever it is. But you got something you want to.
1: I, I was just going to tell you, I found it. It wasn't Rachel. It was Hannah. Hannah. Hannah was who I was thinking about. Cause it says Hannah was speaking in her heart or in parentheses, this is her mind, only her lips were moving and her voice was not heard. So Eli thought that she was drunk. Eli said to her, how long will you make yourself drunk? Get rid of your wine. But Hannah said, no, my Lord, I am a woman with a despairing spirit. I have not been drinking wine or any intoxicating drink, but I have poured out my soul before the Lord. Do not regard your maidservants as a wicked and worthless woman, for I have spoken until... Now, out of great concern and bitter provocations, then Eli answered and said, "Go in peace, and may God of Israel grant your petition that you have asked of Him." Now, and the only thing she had asked is that God would give her a son; that she would she would have a son. That That was Samuel's mother, not Samson. Yeah, I had it all wrong. That's what I'm saying. Like I was trying to figure out why you were looking at me like I was crazy, and I'm like, "Listen, I know it had an S at the name." Yeah, that was Samuel's
0: mother, but no, I think that you know, for the sake of the conversation. Uh, after that little Uh you know, let's let's just have an attitude of prayer. Let's be prepared. Yes. You know, Ephesians six verses thirteen down to eighteen. That's that's that is what he said. Hey, take the armor on. Mm-hmm. Put these things on. Equip yourself. Ready yourself for these things. Maybe we'll have to teach on that before the yeah. end of the year, or uh, maybe we can do it for a couple of months in the beginning of next year. But just be prepared for that. So, if you're somebody who's listening. And uh, you're hearing us talk about you know demonic influence, and you're feeling like maybe you're dealing with it, or you know people around you that are dealing with it. You don't really know how to handle it. Well, the first thing you got to do is you have to get in position, and you have to be—you got to be saved. Like that's that's right. number one. Like you have to get saved. If you don't get saved, you have no business dealing with those people to begin with. So, Amber, do you want to do the altar call this time? Sure. Okay, it's all you. Go for it.
1: So if you're not saved and you want to be saved, or you're backslidden and you want. To rededicate your life to Jesus, just um, repeat after me. Lord, I thank you for what you, the work you had done on the cross. I ask that you would come into my heart and make yourself home. Make me your home, Lord, that I would be a living and walking vessel for you, that I would just live for you entirely, that you would forgive me of all the wrong and all the sins that I have done in my life, that you would just wash me clean. In the blood of Jesus. And I just thank you for it. That I would live every day forward for you. In Jesus name. Amen.
0: Amen. You know I was just thinking about this. I think we've had at least one or two people a week for the last few weeks getting saved in nursing homes. I was just thinking about that. Or rededicated or something like that. You know, and, and like I said, I was thinking about that and you guys haven't even heard us talk about it till I just now mentioned it. So just know that, you know, genuinely, we really just want to know, um, if you guys accept Jesus, we just want to know, we want to celebrate with you. The Bible tells us that all of heaven rejoices over one sinner who gets saved, um, so let's let's just be thankful for those who are willing and those who give themselves to the Lord. Uh, so I'm going to pray us out of here. So Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we just I just seal this word in the hearts of the people who have listened today, God. I just thank you for your faithfulness, God, your goodness towards them, Lord. I just pray, blessing God, increase over them, God. For those of them who have come into the kingdom, God, I just thank you, Father, that you're going to begin to show yourself to them. And God, we just thank you, God, that you fill them with the Spirit. Lord, that you touch them with the anointing, God, and you send them down the road so that they can grab the next person. And, Father, we just give you the glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You okay, guys? Join back in with us next week, and we will jump into another topic.